I'm Laura Wenis, and this is Fifth and Mission. For months now, we've been hearing about fears that downtown San Francisco is facing an urban doom loop. Even Elon Musk has weighed in, claiming he won't be leaving the city despite its struggles with what he calls a doom spiral. The danger is a self-perpetuating cycle of economic decline. What could be done to stop this? There's one proposal that has gained some traction, bringing in college students. The idea is that if the University of California or a private institution were to have a campus downtown, students might be willing to live there, spend their money at local businesses, and breathe life into the downtown streets. To get a sense of just how big a difference this could make, I'm going to speak with Noah Arroyo, lead reporter for the SF Next Project. That's the Chronicle's solutions-oriented initiative that looks for ways San Francisco could fix its most pressing problems. Noah's been reporting on the downtown university idea and why its supporters like it so much. He'll also walk us through the other measures on the table for saving downtown. Plus, how close is any of this to becoming a reality? Noah Arroyo, thank you for talking with me. Good to be here. Before we hear about this proposal for saving downtown, remind us why downtown needs saving and why we should care. What is this doom loop, really? Downtown is the source of a lot of tax revenue in the city. And that matters because that money goes to City Hall and pays for public services that everybody benefits from, regardless of whether they ever go downtown. Where doom loop as a concept comes in is that if downtown is making less money for City Hall over time, then those public services will be fewer over time. City budgets will shrink. Fewer services to citizens throughout the city means there's probably less of an incentive for those residents and for businesses that serve those residents to stay in San Francisco, which means they might leave. And if they leave, then San Francisco is less enjoyable. That creates a self-perpetuating cycle. And as San Francisco becomes less enjoyable to live in, fewer people want to move here or stay here, and it gets worse and worse and worse. That's why it matters. So lower tax revenue means fewer services, means lower quality of life and enjoyability, which means businesses leave, which means less tax revenue, and we start again. That is correct. And what's driving that drop in tax revenue from downtown buildings is that we have, since the pandemic, we have a new remote work norm. So these buildings, these office buildings used to be full of people coming to work every day, which meant that they were working there. It meant they were commuting there from elsewhere in the Bay Area. It meant they were spending money at local businesses during the day, right? Restaurants and bars and such. Those people are now largely gone. And that is going to cause the value of these buildings downtown to drop over time, which means the tax revenue on those values goes down, et cetera. So along comes this idea, which has been percolating for a little while, that one way to change downtown for the better, to bring some people back in, would be to bring in a university campus. What could that look like? Well, in a general sense, it's going to mean potentially tens of thousands of students and some faculty downtown every day. They'd be taking classes. They'd be taking up housing, housing which would be made out of potentially currently empty office buildings. They need to be converted into housing. And all those people would be spending money at local businesses, which would give local businesses a reason to start up if they'd shuttered in the area up to now because the office workers left. There are a couple different ways that this downtown university idea could take shape. And some of them are at a scale that would radically transform downtown. What are sort of the extreme versions of this? What's the biggest version of this that just completely reinvents 
the city's core. If we're talking about a new UC campus that has a prominent undergraduate population, let's say that it's on the scale of UC Berkeley. That's more than 40,000 students. That's the scale we're talking about at a maximum. Now, that means that you need more than one office building to get converted into academic use. You need tons of student housing, probably downtown as well. That's a huge endeavor, right, to convert all of that property. And someone's going to have to pay for that. That's going to be the UC system. That's going to need appropriations from state legislators. It's going to need the governor to weigh in. But that is the maximum that we're talking about. There's also more incremental versions of this idea that could be implemented. What do those look like? Well, you could have, let's say we were aiming for the maximum version. I spoke with David Fegman, who's the uh, chancellor and dean at UC Law SF, and he said to me that that would probably take more than a decade to make happen. But you could get something done in the next five years, maybe, if what you were trying to do was open up, say, one building or two buildings or something like that, have some initial course offerings for whatever this new campus was going to be, and some housing, not all of the course offerings, not all the housing, but then you build it out from there. Year after year, you're opening new things and you're sort of adding on to this campus and making it big over time. So we could see that happen sooner. Something else could happen. You could have private universities come in. Now, private universities would not They would face different regulatory hurdles than what the UC system would if they were coming in, but they would have full control over their purse strings, which the UC would not. If a new UC campus wants to come in, they'd have to get approval from UC regents who essentially they govern the UC system. A private university, they have a board of directors. It's a much simpler process for them to decide to spend the money. You probably aren't going to have as many students because private schools tend to be smaller. But okay, so you could do that. You could also have schools that already have a presence in San Francisco, such as the University of San Francisco, Wharton Business School, which is from, it's a satellite campus of University of Pennsylvania, a few others. You could have them expand their presence in the downtown area or expand into downtown. Why is this idea getting traction now? It's because Mayor Breed started talking about it within the last two weeks. She published a letter on Twitter that said for everybody to see, hey, UC system, please consider making a new campus downtown in San Francisco. And let's be clear about what that would be. If we saw the fullest version of this idea realized, we'd see tens of thousands of students and some staff and faculty pumped into the downtown area every day, if not living downtown. I remember talking with a bunch of different people over the last six months to a year about the idea of a university campus downtown. It has sort of been coming out of the woodwork from many different angles. Is there a reason why the mayor might be tweeting about it now? I mean, are there people who are really influential who have been saying this, this one's the idea that's going to get us there? My sense, so I can't get into the mayor's head, but my sense is that It's exactly what you just described. This was a gleam in somebody's eye somewhere around a year ago, and then more people started talking about it. And it's just that enough people are talking about it often enough. It's showing up in enough articles, for instance, that it has gained a political momentum. It will cost her more politically, potentially, to go out on a limb and propose something that nobody else is talking about than it will be to give support to an idea that has gained a lot of traction up to now. And that's what I think we're talking about here with the university concept. 
It's clear San Francisco's downtown has been slow to recover and needs something to change in order for it to come back to life. But what would universities get out of setting up a campus there? And how feasible is this really? We'll talk about that after a break. Noah, you've been reporting on San Francisco inviting universities to open a campus downtown, and we've been talking about how downtown would benefit from that. Could there also be a benefit to universities from having a campus downtown? Could be. Whether this takes off is going to be a question of how well the interests of the incoming university or universities align with the interests of San Francisco, the interests of lawmakers, and we'll say the amenities that the downtown area has to offer. But just real quick, let's step back and look at what downtown has to offer. It's a major transit hub. You could argue that the entire Bay Area has over time been designed with the goal of feeding people every day into the downtown area. And we already have a university presence downtown, right? I mean, for this story, you talked to the chancellor and dean of UC Law San Francisco, which up until now was known as Hastings, I believe. People Mm -hmm. might be more familiar with it under that term. What did he have to say about having students downtown, about being located downtown? That it seems to be working out just great for them. So one of the things that's happening now, in fact, in the next few days, is that a major dormitory building is opening up. It's called the Academe at 198, and it's right next door to what has been UC Hastings and what is now UC Law SF. And before they've even opened the doors, they're already more than 50% leased out, these units in the, in the dorm building. So to me, is that's that an, good comparatively. I take that and they take that as an indicator that there is demand to at least attend UC Law SF. Now, how much downtown is a factor there is a big question. Some of this is like if you build it, they will come, or the more that you build, the more people will want to come. UC Law SF will have a certain gravitational pull. Put more big universities downtown, that increases a desire for people to go there. But I think what you're not seeing is them building and nobody coming. You've been on this show before and you've written before about the difficulties in converting office buildings that are currently empty into housing, which was an idea that was really popular with a lot of people for a long time during this pandemic because of San Francisco's deep need for housing. Now we're talking about potentially converting office buildings into either academic uses or student housing. Is that easier? Because I remember there being a lot of complications with converting to housing. Yes. What I've been told by the experts is, generally speaking, easier. And the reason is because you'd have to convert probably a congregate environment an office space, into single-use environments. That means a lot of rewiring, a lot of different plumbing, right? So that's a ton of work. Now, you're still going to have to do a ton of work if you convert this into, say, shared student housing, dorms, or into a classroom. But it's not the same level of work, is my sense. What have the universities said about this idea? They have said very, very little. Okay. (laughs) I knocked on a bunch of doors for this story. Look, this is a politically sensitive topic. And many of my calls and emails were not returned. Those that were coming from universities were generally a, we declined to comment. I did speak to Kristen Soares, who's president of the Association of Independent California Colleges and Universities. Essentially, this is a lobbying group that also advises politicians on policies that affect nonprofit private colleges, for instance, a Stanford type. And 
What Kristen told me is that this is absolutely something that intrigues her and something that she thinks private universities would be interested in for plenty of reasons, some of which we've named. I think she was very interested in how the burgeoning artificial intelligence industry might attract the interest of an incoming uh, campus or a satellite campus, say if Stanford wanted to make a satellite campus in downtown San Francisco. They have a robust program that feeds into that industry. Same thing for biotech, which is less prominent in San Francisco than in the area in general. But yeah, these are reasons why they might bite. I should clarify something, and maybe this this might be an indicator of where this idea is in, in this sort of pathway to getting done, actually, is that Kristen Soares had not heard about this. So she was hearing about this for for the first time from you. Exactly. Exactly. So what does that mean? That means that our politicians did not contact her directly. Maybe that doesn't mean anything. Maybe it means that the idea that Mayor Lennon Breed wanted to start by appealing to the UC system before she went and shopped the idea around to private schools or to representatives of private schools, which is what Kristen is. But I also reached out to the UC regents and specifically to the president of the UC regents. And I said, so what's what's your reaction to this letter going live? And what they told me was, well, the mayor's office has not sent the proposal to us yet, which confused me a bit. What it could mean is that this is very preliminary. We have yet to have official discussions about this stuff. What it could also mean is, again, that people are being careful about this and what they say to the press. So it could be that this is actually moving along in the background. We don't know yet. You talked to one economist who seemed really sanguine about this idea, who seemed like this is a proposal that to him was one of the more promising ones. Who is he? What did he say? This is UC Berkeley economist Enrico Moretti, and I've spoken to him a number of times. Anytime I do something on downtown and I need an economist take, he gives it to me and I'm used to him being rather dour and realistic and pragmatic. And I noticed there was this sort of like there was a lightness in his voice when I got on the phone with him. And I said, Enrico, are you excited? And there was this pause and he said, well, you know, Noah, I do try to stick to the numbers and take everything with a grain of salt. But I have to tell you, yes, I am very excited about this. And I said, well, why? And he said, well, I think it might actually be a better idea than bring the same number of people downtown who are workers. Like students are going to work there at their local job, say at a cafe or a restaurant. They're going to take classes there. They're also going to live there. The problem that we had for this area before the pandemic was that even when it was thriving, those workers went home every day after 5 p.m. They were not here on Saturdays and Sundays. So then students are going to stay there for longer hours and they might spend money outside of business hours in ways that workers would not. There's some other considerations. Study after study after study show that when you invest in education at a local level, and particularly in higher education, colleges and such, that those expenditures pay themselves back over time in full. And the reason is because you end up giving locals access to job training. They get access to higher levels of pay through different industries they wouldn't have otherwise had access to, that that elevates the workforce and the earning power, not just for that city, but for the entire area, because they're going to move somewhere in the Bay Area, for instance. So that, and we have a history in San Francisco of leaning hard in the direction of professionalizing industries, such as tech, right, such as computing. So those employers are largely already here saying, hey, we could use some people. So there's a desire 
for what this would produce. There, this is not the only idea to revitalize downtown, but we're talking about it because it does seem like a really big idea. Walk us through some of the more prominent other ideas for how to fix the downtown problem. Well, definitely our politicians have been talking about altering tax policy to try to retain businesses that are already here that would otherwise think about moving to another city or another state or to try to attract new ones. There has been discussion about changing the outdoor public spaces to make them more interesting so that people want to go there, sit down, enjoy their coffee at, say, a pop-up business or something like that, pumping money into those pop-up businesses to go into those downtown suites, the ground floor suites that have been vacated or boarded up that aren't being used. And so that is in motion as well. With all these ideas having been put on the table now, where, where do you feel we're at in terms of facing the reality of downtown and trying to do something about it? There are two different, we'll say actors, I think of in this situation. One is essentially residents and the other is politicians. And I've seen polling showing that residents really get that San Francisco is in trouble and that downtown is incredibly important in that conversation, that if you don't save downtown, you don't save San Francisco. Politicians, I'm sure they also get that because they're tapped into these issues. They talk about them every day. But when we were first starting to claw our way out of the pandemic, the proposals that they actually came up with were, I think it's fair to say, fairly small compared to the size of the problem. And that was with the expectation, I think, that the problem would just organically recede over time. Because people would come back into downtown, offices would start to fill back up again after the pandemic was over. Exactly. We're going to return to normal, right? And that didn't happen. And so what I've been seeing over time is that those small proposals become bigger and become bigger. And there was a time, for instance, that converting offices to housing seemed like a political non-starter and it was laughable. And over time, that morphed into something that now has been legislated on at the local level. Mm -hmm. So I've been seeing this ramp up. I think what gives me some hope here about San Francisco's ability to, to, to really bounce back at some point is that the latest idea, this one of putting a university downtown, is not backsliding in terms of size. This is probably the biggest idea that we've heard of so far. It's much bigger than the idea of converting some buildings into housing downtown. If we really employed it, it would remake downtown. So I think it's fair to say that we're at a place in this now where we're interested in talking about big ideas. The mayor put her stamp on this. That matters. Here's what I really wonder. What's step two for this? Is this where it ends? Or is someone going to make an offer? Are the UC regents going to do, apparently what they need to do is talk to state legislators, talk to the governor, come up with an appropriation for state dollars to spend on a totally new campus, identify buildings. I mean, we just need to get that dialogue going. And I would, I would call that movement. But do any of those things happen? That's the big question. And I'm sure you'll be paying very close attention to that. Thanks, Noah. Thanks. Noah Arroyo is the lead reporter on the Chronicle's solutions-focused SF Next project. Read his work and find more from the project at sfchronicle.com sfnext. Thanks to Keith Menconi for producing and mixing today's episode, and thanks to you for listening.